Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Good evening, everyone. Resurrection Sunday. He is risen. Amen. Yes, that's right. What a great weekend. In fact, I was thinking about that word weekend, and it's not really a weekend. It's actually a strong beginning. But, uh, but it begins with an ending, and the ending is it is finished. And we're going to look more into that as we go. Well, I'm going to start just by praying. Father God, we come before you, Lord, in the awesome, powerful name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you with all of our hearts, Lord, for what you have done for us, Lord. We thank you for the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you died in our place. You died for our sins, Father. And we thank you for today, Lord. Lord, we thank you for today, Resurrection Sunday, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. John 11 and 25 and 26. John 11, 25 to 26 reads, Jesus said to her, talking to Lazarus' sisters, I am the resurrection and the life. Straight away in that sentence, there are three powerful things. He states who he is, I am. Then he states what he's going to do, the resurrection. And then he states what he's going to give, and that's life. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, says Jesus? I want to talk about this, this morning, this evening, about three stations of Easter, if you like, or three events, because this truly is the day of our salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made. And this month, our theme is grow, but this weekend or this Easter, our theme is grace to grace. And what an awesome place to start is with receiving the amazing grace of salvation, which enables us to begin a journey with him by being empowered by his grace. So the theme for this month is grace, sorry, for this weekend is grace to grace. Grace, as a lot of us know, is the favour of God. It's often um, known to be the unmerited favour, a gift that we receive, but we don't really deserve it. One of the definitions for grace is the word charis, charis, which means gift. It's something that's given to us, something that's offered to us. And just like any gift, a gift can be accepted or a gift can be rejected. But it's a gift. It's grace. This weekend we receive the grace of salvation. We receive the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. So today my title is, or tonight my title is, From Thursday to the Third Day. From Thursday to the Third Day. Today is the third day. One, two, three, it's the third day. This is the day where Jesus 
has been resurrected from the dead. But without Good Friday, we don't have the third day. And without Thursday, we don't have a Good Friday. Jesus was raised from the dead because he went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross because he made a decision in the garden. I want to talk about the three places, which is Gethsemane, Golgotha, and the tomb. Pretty heavy for a a night service, I know. (laughs) All good. So, Gethsemane is the garden where we saw in that awesome production on Friday. That awesome production with awesome actors and well-versed and well-rehearsed actors and all of that. We saw in that production um, a depiction of the garden of Gethsemane. And the word Gethsemane means oil press. Kind of like a wine press, but it means oil press. The Mount of Olives. When you press olives and you crush them, oil comes out. Jesus is in this garden and he's being pressed. He's, being, he's feeling so um, distressed and full of anxiety, full of just so depressed and because he's about to feel the weight of all of my sin, the weight of the sin of the entire world. So he's here in that garden. The thing about this garden, in this garden there is betrayal, there is temptation, and there is a choice to make. The betrayal, as we know, is Judas coming to betray Jesus with the affectionate sign of a kiss. The temptation is when Jesus is saying to his disciples, stay here and pray, be watchful because I'm going to pray. Be watchful that you do not fall into temptation. And there is a choice to make. I praise God that Jesus made the right choice. The prayer of consecration as it's often called, is the prayer when Jesus comes to God and says, Lord, if, he says, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Let this not happen to me, but nevertheless not my will be done, but your will. Jesus comes before God three times in this garden. Three times he comes to God and and with a hint of temptation to, to try and not, well, I don't want to say get out of it, but he said, if, it, if there's any other way, let that happen. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. There's another garden, and I touched on this one time I preached, and there's another garden in the Garden of Eden. And in that garden, there's also betrayal. In this garden, there is also temptation. And in this garden, there was also a choice to be made. I will look at that garden a little bit later on. So we're talking about grace to grace. So God's grace allows us to move from this garden in the Old Testament, in the Garden of Eden, from this garden to the Garden of Gethsemane. His grace allows us to move from Eden to Gethsemane, from a place of disgrace 
to his place of his grace. That's what he's doing here. He's changing what happened in the past. The Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus goes to pray before God and asks, if there's any other way, nevertheless, not your, not my will, but your will be done. And often in our lives, that is a good prayer for us to pray. When we are under pressure, I don't think we're ever, in fact, none of us will ever feel the pressure that Jesus faced. But if he could pray that under pressure, then I'm sure that we can pray, Lord, not my will, but your will be done under any different pressure, under lesser degrees of pressure. Gethsemane, that's Thursday. If Jesus decided to do his own thing, we wouldn't have Friday. But praise God that he chose to go to the cross, which leads us to Golgotha. Good Friday. And we saw that depicted very well on the, at the production. So we come to Golgotha. Golgotha is the place of the skull. This is the place where Jesus, as we know, was crucified. John 3.16, a scripture we all know well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. The cross. The cross has four points to it. It has the north, it has the east, has the west, and has the south. The cross is the world, represents the world in the sense that what happened on the cross was to reach the entire world, right, right round, right round, the entire world. Jesus died for all of us. But why die on a cross? How do you save the world by dying on a cross? That is a very upside down kind of thing to do. I'm going to save the world, therefore I'm going to die. Why did Jesus have to die? Romans 3.23 says that all have fallen short, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The issue about the cross was my sin. That's why Jesus died in our place. Sin means, the, the meaning of, one of the meanings of sin is rebellion. Sin is, if you like, um, the, the letter S-I-N. You could think of it as whenever your conscience tells you S-I-N, tells you to, to stop it now. Whatever you're thinking to do, that goes against your conscience because God wrote his law on your heart. And if it's something that reminds you to stop it now, more than likely there might be sin. The middle letter of the word sin is I. It's self-centered. It's focused around me, myself and Irene. It's self-centered. It's all about me. But sin is heavy. And it's pretty heavy for our evening service to talk about sin. The word sin makes people uncomfortable. 
You know, I got a T-shirt. It says S-I-N, but it's actually the the Seattle Needle, but it looks like S-I-N. And people quite like when they see it because of that word, that word sin. Romans five twelve talks about Adam. Romans five twelve says, "When Adam sinned, sin entered into the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, and everyone sinned." So, in other words, I know a lot of us here know the story of Adam and Eve. They were in the garden, and God basically said to Adam, "You can eat of all the fruits of this tree." But you can't eat of this particular fruit. So what did they do? Eventually, they were tempted. They were tempted by the serpent. And as a result of that temptation, they chose to violate God's word. And because they disobeyed God's word, that became the first sin. Because they violated God's word, that's rebellion. And that's what sin means. And what happened in Genesis 2, 15 to 17, in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 2, 15 to 17, the Lord God placed a man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch it over, watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are surely to die. What's happening there is that when he chose to disobey God's word, when he chose to do that, he chose to sin. And what sin did was sin triggered death. Sin activated death. That's why he said, if you choose to eat this, he's saying, if you choose to disobey me, then sin will come in and death will be the result. So what I'm saying is, If sin will activate death, then God wants to deactivate death by dealing with sin. In other words, when Adam and Eve sinned, the whole world sinned. When Adam and Eve have physical union, excuse me, every person born from then, from generation to generation to generation, being born now and ever will be born, will be born with that disease of sin. And it needs to be dealt with. Everyone all right? Everyone all good? What did they talk about in church last night? Oh, sin. (laughs) That's what Jesus came to deal with, come to die in our place. And every, every sin was placed on Jesus. So God takes every sin. For 4,000 years, God used oxen and cows and sheep and everything like that to use as sacrifices to pay the payment for sin. Because God is holy, because he is holy, he demands a penalty for the sin. But because he is love, he provides the payment. He provides the payment in Jesus on the cross. So sin nature is the thing that we inherited from Adam. That's why the Bible says here, through, through one man, the whole world sinned. 
Now, Romans 5, 17 and 19. A couple more scriptures. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. That's the sin nature. But Christ's one act of righteousness on that cross brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, that's Adam, many became sinners, sinners by nature. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Isaiah 59.2 talks about that sin is the thing that separates us from God. And that's why God sent Jesus. Because he does not want us to be forever separated from him. The sin issue had to be taken care of. And he did that at the cross. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who knew no sin became sin on the cross. So Jesus, who knew absolutely no sin, became sin. Why? Because he was the perfect lamb of God. Perfect. The only one that could qualify to pay for my my sin. So God takes the sin of the world, comes to the cross. His son is here. His son is perfect. His son is sinless. Jesus is sinless not only because he's God, but because God put him in the seed of a virgin. Excuse me. He put him into the seed of a virgin because the sin disease that passed through physical people would not impact on Jesus. That's why he was sinless, because the disease of the sin nature that came from Adam and Eve bypassed him because of the virgin birth. A few coughs there. So Jesus is dealing with the, the sin of the world now. So God reaches back into eternity past grabs all the sin, grabs all every murder, every whatever, every killing, every, what's the, what's the sin? Every lie, every envy, every war, every bit of bitterness, jealousy, every cancer, every sickness, grabs it all, come to the cross. Then he reaches into the future, grabs every ounce of sin, even the sin that we may do in a few years' time, a week's time, grabs all of that, brings it back to the cross, and dumps it on his son. He who knew no sin became sin. The Bible said that when he was on the cross, he was marred beyond recognition. Another, the word marred means that he looked inhumane. You couldn't look upon him. And all those pictures of Jesus with the blood trickling and all of that is nothing compared to what he did. All of my sin, any sin that I, I hope I don't, but any sin that I commit in the future has been dealt with 
here, right here at the cross. Every single sin. Why? Because God wants to break the power that sin has over us. And he does that at the cross. He does that, why? Because he loves us so much. He loves us. He loves you so much. And because he does that, he deactivates death for you and I. There's a saying that goes, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. Jesus talks about that we must be born again. That you must be first born of water and then of the Spirit. That's two births. If you are born naturally, which we all are, and then you are born again because you believe and receive the gift of grace, which is salvation, you will only die once. You will die once, which is you will die physically. And then be forever separated from God. Why? Because of sin is still in us. But if and when I pray we receive Jesus, we will only have to die once and not twice. If somebody is born naturally and they live their whole life and they do not know Jesus, they will die again. They will die physically and then they will die spiritually. Born once and die twice. This is why the, the weight of the message of Easter is so important, especially to us as believers. Oh, I was going to go heavier, but no, all right, all right, yeah. So tonight we're talking about, I'm all over the place, tonight we're talking about grace to grace, and we're talking about growing. God wants us to grow, and the Bible talks about growing from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. But we need to grow in, from grace to grace. That's what's going to empower us to grow Faith to faith, strength to strength, and glory to glory. It's about receiving the greatest gift, which is the, the gift of grace. The gift of his grace. Because sin separates us. God does not ever want anybody, anybody to be separated from him. That's why, we, as we know, I know we all know this, that's why he sent Jesus to die in our place for us. And then the third day, before we get to the third day, Jesus yells out, it is finished. And when I, honestly, when I first read that, because the disciples were giving him, or the soldiers or Mary was handing him a drink on the sponge, and then straight after that verse it says, it is finished. With my humour and my wit, I thought he meant the drink is finished. But when you look at the meaning of that word, it is finished, it means paid in full. That means our sin is paid in full. It's an accounting term, paid in full. And because it was paid in full, we get to go to the empty tomb where we are today. And that's where resurrection happened. New life new creation, and a new beginning. 
Thank God for the resurrection. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to end with a, a clip. And in this clip, it has a modern-day twist to it. But I want you to watch it, and it pretty much depicts the, uh, the Eastern narrative. Thanks, guys. Amen. Praise God for the, for the empty tomb. Yeah. And let's pray. Let's just close our eyes, bow our heads for a sec. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the message of the cross, Lord, and for the resurrection today, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your gift of grace, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. I just want to give an opportunity just before we close tonight that if you know in your heart of hearts, if you know in your heart of hearts that you haven't received Jesus or you don't believe the message of the cross, the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus, that God raised Jesus from the dead, then according to his word, we will be saved. And I just want to give an opportunity for you, if there is anyone here that would like to receive that gift of grace, the grace, the gift that we don't really deserve because of our sin, but because of his love for you. If you want to receive that gift, then I want you to repeat this prayer with me. In church, you can join with me as I pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed. We thank you for the greatest gift of salvation. We thank you for your plan for us. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us grow and know you. Save me. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, it means that you made that decision in your heart and you've, you've clicked on follow as well and that would be awesome but we have a couple of ways that we can help you on your journey of discipleship uh, we have the yes text which you can simply text 048-326-826-392 and you can text that anytime um, even this week if you want to and if you text that you're going to receive a a Bible text in the morning around 7 o'clock with a prayer. And these are designed to really help you to begin your journey into knowing the Word, into knowing how to pray. We also, if you're listening around the world, we have yes.metrochurch.org.au and you can log on to that and respond accordingly as well. But it's just ways that we want to help you. You could also come and see myself and the rest of us at the Connect Hub later on but it's all about just connecting and growing growing together in Christ so yeah thank you thank you for